the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072 or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Take that big voice guy. 758 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Hulse there in the next room. Yeah, we haven't uh, solved the court storming, but maybe we might have come up with a little something right there. You can let us know what you're thinking at 918-262-5072. It's been a really quiet day on our mm-hmm. text line. All right, so I've got some NFL draft stuff I want to get to, and, and some of the people who are not going to go perform in the draft, if you will. Caleb Williams is a guy who's not going to do some of the – I really don't think he's going to do anything. And I, 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 we were listening to the guys before, the two pros and a cup of Joe, and I believe they said it was – it may have been Chris Johnson – who was the East Carolina kid who ran four two four? That as soon as he ran that, I think it was Dion or someone said, "Go home." Gosh, yeah, <laughs> go home. Don't do anything mm-hmm. else. Go home. You saw him play against TU. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were two guys, him and there was a little kid from, I think it was Louisiana Monroe, who they said ran four two, and and as soon as you saw them, yeah. Thing with Chris Johnson though is he was muscled. Oh, Chris yeah. Johnson was built like a sprinter is today. You know, there was a time when sprinters didn't look like they – I mean, sprinters are like bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he was built like that. The kid from Monroe was this little tiny dude who he didn't make much of a of headway. But but Johnson, when he hit the corner – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, different different animal. So we'll we'll get to all that. I want to get to that. I want to also – you know, Oakland, the A's have had another setback in trying to get to Vegas. I mean, there, there are people out there in Vegas who just don't want the A's. I just don't understand. I mean, I'm sure there's, I don't know, maybe it's a we don't want to give the money. Mm-hmm. But, the, the mayor trying mm-hmm. to walk back her comments like, I was just talking about Oakland not wanting you guys. Sorry. You know, here's the thing. Let's let's just take, and I know it's not major league, but let's take what the BOK on one side and one oak on the other side has done for downtown Tulsa. It, it, when, before one oak was over here, yeah, there was stuff. But not like there is now. The development, the apartment buildings, the things that are happening. Now, yeah. could you say that that would happen without it? Maybe you could. I don't know. And we're not going to know because it's there. But I do know that when the Talons first moved into the into the BOK, and I was their play-by-play guy, and I would drive downtown, there was nobody there. You could easily just drive through, almost skip the lights if you wanted. <laughs> it didn't matter if they were red or not. And the place was dark until you got right to the BOK. And by the time the Talons were ready to move and my last year broadcasting those games, there were constantly people out there. McNelly's had opened and mm. Blue Dome had made somewhat of a, come, a comeback. And it was crowded and there were people on the streets and all that. The BOK had something to do with that. And then the building of One Oak had something to do with that. So I cannot imagine, here's my comparison, is, you don't want a major league franchise. Why? Because you're afraid of what? You're going to have to pay some taxpayer money for the stadium? Look, I'm a person who doesn't necessarily believe taxpayers ought to pay for that. Billionaires own teams. Build your own damn stadium. That's the way I feel mm. about it. But they're not going to do that. They're not for a lot of reasons, so we're going to always be stuck with somewhat of that. However, I will tell you that as a taxpayer, you're going to get a lot more out of it in the end unless you absolutely somehow – miss on building your facility 
and nobody wants to go. But I can't imagine. I mean, people have already shown with NFL football in Vegas, they'll show up. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of think of OKC situation. You know, they're doing that mm-hmm. with, with tax paying, you know, for their new stadium and yeah. to, to keep them here. So. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, what is it about having a Major League Baseball team in Vegas do you think is a bad idea? And it, look, groups are going to protest. Well, this money should go here. This money should go here. This money should go here. Well, if you do it right, all that money can go to all those places, but they'll produce even more of it. Yeah. And, and I know, I know, people can feel misled. I get all that stuff, but I just, uh, it still boggles my mind. But they've hit yet another <laughs> stumbling block, which we'll tell you about. <laughs> all right. So I want to play this. It's called Rock Bottom Kings. I thought when Shane was on the other night, they did a a, a gambling spoof. Uh, taking uh, shots at, they're not really taking shots at gambling sites, but they're taking shots at people who maybe don't know how to handle gambling sites. Yeah, saying, uh, the, saying the quiet part a little bit louder. Maybe so, you know? maybe so. Uh, but it's called Rock Bottom Kings, and take a listen here. The thrill of victory. The satisfaction of placing a bet and watching it hit big. The exhilaration of an upset only you saw color. With betting apps right on your phone, it's easier than ever to turn your passion for sports into cold hard cash and with so many games to bet on you almost can't lose but there's a dark side as well we all know a friend who struggles with online gambling a friend who's on the verge of losing everything his house his family his entire life and now you can bet on exactly how he'll lose it all with rock bottom kings it's the only app that lets you take prop bets about how your degenerate gambler friend is finally going to hit rock bottom. Will it be goes double or nothing on a random WNBA game or bets his child's college fund on the coin toss? And when your friend is desperate for cash, you can bet on what his lowest moments will be. Will he take out a life insurance policy on his own mother? Will he set up a fake GoFundMe that says he has leukemia? And what will he sell first, his PS5 or his kidney? And you can build a parlay about everything that could happen to him. Divorce, Mary's rich old widow, arrested for elder fraud, and fakes his own death, but is immediately caught when he uses an app to gamble. With Rock Bottom Kings, you'll feel like you're in the game. The game of your friend versus his horrible demons. But again, addiction is a real problem. And we take it very seriously. That's why all these gambling ads are full of cash, gold, fireworks, and flames exploding everywhere. Because you're not a loser. Your friend is. They say the house always wins. Well, now you're the house, and your friend is probably going to lose his. Does it seem a little cruel to bet on your friend's devastating addiction? Sure, but it's also hilarious. So however your friend bottoms out, make sure you cash out at Rock Bottom Kings. Download Rock Bottom Kings today, because gambling is serious. Seriously awesome. Rock Bottom Kings. He's the one with the problem. That's Rock Bottom Kings from SNL. That was uh, Gillis and um, uh, Keenan Thompson. Thompson and uh, Hernando. I can't remember his last name. He's really funny as well. Uh, I, I, I was watching that, and my wife said, no, that's way too insensitive. And I said, you know, I understand the point about there are problems. There are people with gambling problems. I understand that. I'm not making fun of them because sure. it's a real issue. Yeah. But comedy is comedy, and you do have to realize that's pretty damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll already have a running uh, bet on my one of my friends faking his own death. It's, it's, it's right. Already, it's right. Yeah. Elder fraud. Or, 
<laughs> and none of those things were really funny either. Obvious if if either either funny either, but I I yeah I thought the whole thing was really pretty well put together and pretty mm-hmm. well done without a single curse word in it. Yeah, which is uh, you know, when you get comedy that way, that's that's not easy to do. Besides these days. the laugh track, I like the idea of somebody tuning into our show right at that moment and thinking that that's <laughs> thinking that that's a sports gambling commercial. <laughs> it's not. It's been like what? Yeah, no, that's just a, that, that's a bit right there. I, I that one made that one made me laugh. Now I'm not a guy. I don't bet because I'm. I know I'd be bad at it. I, mm-hmm. I just know I would. You'd be like that guy who bet 14 straight years in the Super Bowl and was and lost. lost all 14. I need, an, up, I need yeah. an update on him. That would that would be me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would definitely do that. You know, I'm. I just I, I don't. I'm not a gambler of any kind because to me I might as well light it on fire and I just don't see a need to do that. So, but that, so that's just yep. not me. So, uh, if you know someone with a gambling problem, then yes, there are resources for those. The casinos have those, mm-hmm. and the state has those. And I hope that's not the case. But I still thought that one was funny. Eight oh six here on the Blitz eleven seventy. All right, so we went through some people. I said we had some NFL draft to talk about here. There are some people who are not going to do much, if anything, at the draft. One of those is Caleb Williams, who has said, you know, just not going to do much, not going not gonna to perform, not going to throw, not going to do most of what they are going to basically ask you to do. You know me. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Marvin, uh, Jaden Daniels, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., none of them. Now, some of these guys, um, they're not going to be participating in on-field drills next week. Doesn't say here whether or not, I guess they'll be talking to teams and doing the interviews, but they're not going to be taking place in the on-field. How do you feel about that? I mean, I I understand it. I understand how guys like when you're Caleb Williams, when you're Marvin Harrison, who's the top receiver easily in the draft, I understand that, you know, what what more do we really need to see out of them? But still, I feel like it can get kind of annoying to show this – favoritism in a, in a way for, for for guys who don't have to go through some of the drills. I mean, Drake May is up there, right, mm-hmm. as being one of the top quarterbacks, so he needs to do all these drills, and he it, it's best for his career, but, you know, Caleb Williams gets a pass. I, I can, It's like I, I can understand it because I understand the kind of talent level that we're looking at with a Caleb Williams or a Marvin Harrison in, in any wide receiver room in that draft class, uh, but I can understand how, you know, it's uh, special accommodations for them. Uh, you know, it's, not, it's not really special, if you will. They just are telling you we're not going to do it. So, I mean, not, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, it's not. I don't know that it's okay. I I think NFL teams are to the point they realize. But to your, you know, you said it first. You know who we are. Yeah. And, and that's true. They don't have anything to gain by doing it. Hmm. They don't. Everybody already believes they're fantastic, and they are. But they have, and they have nothing to gain. What are they going to do if they go out there? All they would, all they can do is tarnish something. If Caleb goes out and he runs a forty that no one expects, or Marvin Harrison doesn't, you know, jump as high as someone expects, all they do is possibly cost themselves. Yeah. Now, for people who are still trying to gain position, yeah, you're trying to make that difference. You know, when Chris Paul was in the dra- was in the combine from Tulsa. He shocked everybody by running the second fastest time for an offensive lineman. That helped Chris Paul. Was that at TU's like pro day? No, or was that, was that the combine? That was the combine. That was the combine. Okay. They were they were amazed at his time, and he was able to. He ran faster than Tyler, and and he was and you know and Tyler's a really good player, obviously. And of course, Chris stuck. And I mean, I watched him play the entire last game of the season for the Commanders. 
So some people can really help their draft status. I know there are a lot. I know a lot of people who I hate that. I should have to do this. Well, I mean, that's the old thinking. I know. Well, and what and what team is going to have that? kind of thinking do you really think the bears are gonna say well we just don't really respect that caleb williams wants to sit this out so we're gonna make a stand i mean and for them honestly the interview part of it might be the most important you need to know a guy's mindset you need to know if he's interested in your football team now Mm -hmm. you know as i mentioned you know i said the other day we go back to if you don't remember it just google and look it up when peyton manning said no don't draft me i'm not going there Mm -hmm. you know he was just clearly said i won't go well, and you can think, well, yeah, you will. What else are you going to do? Hmm? He didn't have to. <laughs> he absolutely doesn't have to. Uh, and these guys could do the very same thing. So I think the interviews for them would be more that way. You know, the Bears, <laughs> of course, the Bears are going to bear it up. But the Bears, you know, going to make sure that Caleb Williams is all right being in Chicago. And we, I've, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've heard both. I've heard he doesn't really want to go there. And I've heard he doesn't mind going there. What have you heard? I've I've heard that he doesn't mind going there, mainly. Um I was hoping that maybe he would be fond of Arizona, but that's not how it's going to work out. So, <laughs> well, you just never we'll take, know. We'll take Marvin. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a problem with these guys not working out uh, at yeah. all because I don't. I know they don't have anything to gain. Well, and you've seen him play a billion times, right? So that's the thing, like you're saying about the interview being the most important part. We've seen you play a billion times. We need to kind of get in your head a little bit <laughs> about about what you really want here. Of those three, which do you expect to be the best player in the NFL? I will, I'll say Marvin Harrison uh, will have the quickest rise in that in that three because just because with Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, I feel like there is a big factor of what the teams that take them really do in terms of protecting them. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that plays a, a big enough factor uh, that probably gives Marvin Harrison a, a chance for a quicker rise. Anybody not playing the quarterback position can make a quicker impact on their football team because rookie quarterbacks just generally don't. Yeah. And it, it's the game itself and all they have to adjust to and the coverages and the speed and all those things. Not that rookies haven't come in and played really well. Brock Purdy did. Mm-hmm. Some rookies come in and play really well. But you'll have a better chance on a consistent basis. So I agree with you. I think immediately off the jump, Marvin Harrison Jr. will long-term for the season, if he stays healthy, yeah. have a bigger impact. Not that I don't believe that, that Caleb Williams won't be as magic there as he was at USC. I just think he'll also have his moments when it's not magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I don't expect Marvin Harrison to drop anything. <laughs> you no. know, I do expect that the other guys will have some adjustments to what it, it takes to play quarterback at that level. Because yeah. even a guy like Kyler Murray, you know, uh, should he stay happy with, <laughs> with, with, with Arizona this year? Even, even even yeah, even a guy like him who's had some experience under his belt can develop that relationship with Marvin to where it's a very just. Marvin's down there somewhere and just let it fly a little bit, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and you you can do that a little bit because we do still see – you still see guys do that. They talk about just giving their guy a chance. Mm-hmm. And well, obviously someone like Marvin's a guy you definitely want to give that chance and he'll go take it. I think – I agree. If I were picking the three, what do you think at 918 As a matter of fact, of those people, you know, they're the Drake Mays we talked about as well. But we know at least those three aren't going to do anything for the draft or at least for the combine, who has the best year, year one.
of those three. 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here inside the Tulsa Oilers studio. By the way, when the Oilers are home on a Sunday, you can skate with the players on the ice. It's called Sunday Fun Day. They'll have skates for you to rent if you'd like, or you can just take skates from home if you own some. And then as soon as the game's over, you can get on the ice with the players and take a skate. It's called Sunday Fun Day from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. When we come back, I want to get into this thing with the A's and why they're having even more problems trying to move to Vegas. Maybe, you know, Oklahoma City's kind of talked about a major league team. Let's just tell them to make the pitch. Yeah. If Vegas doesn't want them. Issues. Yeah, Vegas doesn't want them. Let's Come go, baby. In. We got places. <laughs> we got that whole, I mean, every day I passed that thing in Stroud where they had the mall that they were at one time going to build a theme park. They said, hey, build it there. We'll both go. Yeah. We'll get this started. Absolutely. Right here in the Blitz. <laughs> Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. In Big 12 basketball last night, West Virginia erased a 25-point road deficit to force overtime in Manhattan, but it wasn't enough to beat Kansas State as the Wildcats win 94-90. 15th-ranked Baylor bounces back from their loss against Houston with a 62-54 road victory last night at TCU. And tonight, the Big 12 Conference in Cincinnati at top-ranked Houston at 6, BYU at 7th-ranked KU at 7, and Texas at Texas Tech at 8 o'clock. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. You're a big part of it. 918-879-1170. You can also text us at 918-262-5072. Our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. It's been quiet out there today. 820 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hulse in the next room. We found out today he laughs like Sheldon Cooper. I am Rick Corey in here, and I just, I mean, I just sound like a water buffalo or something when I laugh. All right, I mentioned to you that uh, we had more news about the A's and their potential move to Vegas. I think all of us believe it will eventually happen. Yeah. But, you know, but the, the Vegas mayor, as Bryce said, you know, was all for it. And then she came out saying, you know, really, you might want to stay in Oakland. Your, your fans are going to miss you. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why and where that came from. You're supposed to be supporting your, your city unless there's some backroom thing saying, look, we don't want them here. Let's back everything up. Well, the latest problem they have is they're they're having now official opposition from the State Education Association, which had said they were going to be opposing anyway, but now it's official. Uh, They're preparing to file an injunction to stop $380 million in public funds from being uh, distributed on the A's grounds that it's unconstitutional. Mm. So that $380 million would go to the A's. Well, obviously, they believe it ought to go to them or to other state functions, if you will. That's not the only problem they've had. The owner, John Fisher, cannot get his part of the stadium financing done. That's a problem. And then they have missed multiple deadlines to release renderings of the ballpark. There's so many things that are falling completely behind and off the charts here. And I don't know about you. <clears throat> you know, look, I don't. <clears throat> I'm not a guy who goes to Vegas all the time. But if they had a if they had a major league team, much like having an NFL team now, would that maybe draw me there? It might. The NFL yeah. won't me because I'm busy during football season anyway with broadcasting games. But the but the baseball team would potentially draw me out there. 
That'd be a good way to go. Have a couple of days. Knock around the town a little bit because, to me, I've been to Vegas multiple times, and after about two days, I'm ready to leave. But for a couple of days for a game, and, oh, by the way, before the game or after the game, maybe you go over here and visit this or that, that could be somewhat fun. I think, to me, it would be – I don't see a, a downside, but apparently Vegas does. You know, I feel like that's something that the city would really embrace in terms of their fan base, and and I think that – I know I'm looking way on down the line here when I say this, but think about a World Series in Vegas – you know, I think what we've learned with the Super Bowl just a few weeks ago is how all those different uh, like storylines and kind of uh, the vibe around the city and all the different things you can kind of compare it to uh, in terms of a marketing standpoint. I feel like that could be really cool to see uh, in, in Vegas when it comes to baseball. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely you right. Know. I mean, why wouldn't you do? Of course, in World Series is different. Someone's got to win. Mm-hmm. But you know, look at the Golden Knights. You know, they weren't in the, the league very long yeah. in the NHL before they were hosting and before they mm-hmm. were winning titles, and it was a good deal. It was a good yeah. thing. So yeah, that would be fun. And and I can see All Star games there. <clears throat> you know, oh for you, sure, you could have a great time doing an All Star game there. I thought this this was really funny. The um, the education group. They have a leader whose name is Chris Daly. <laughs> he said, look, we're not relying on John Fisher's aptitude alone to kill this deal. <laughs> <laughs> so they know the owner is a buffoon, mm-hmm. and they know that he'll help make this not happen, but he said, we're not going to mess around with that one. They're also trying to kill the Tropicana Stadium deal. And he said, so we're going to kill that as well at the same time. So these guys, they're really – focused in on we're not going to spend public money on something along these lines. And again, to me, I understand, and I don't like the fact we have to do it because the owners make the money. But in the end of the day, the cities also make money back from this too. Yeah. Tell me tell me that there, is not a, there are restaurants around the BOK and around One Oak who don't benefit. Of course they do. The parking structures benefit. The nightclubs and the – it all benefits. Of course it benefits. And you're always going to have to deal with this stuff to to some degree, right? I mean, even just with, again, I mentioned earlier about Oklahoma City getting that new arena. Mm-hmm. That was basically keep the thunder or, or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's ultimately what it really came down to, even though nobody was necessarily saying that directly. And yet there were a lot of people pretty worried about that, yep. about, you know, uh, being able to get that to go through because there are a lot of people against it for, you know, similar state reasons, yep. right? Whether education needs more of this or, you know, we don't want to spend that money. We earn it. So it, it, there's all sorts of different reasons that can go into it. And I'm not complaining. I'm not also arguing that education doesn't need money. I'm sure it does. There's always going to be someone who says they don't spend it right, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But mm-hmm. still money has to go there. I understand that. Yeah. I'm not smart enough to realize how it gets split up. That's not, I mean, I'm not smart enough to do that at all. You and me both. And somebody else is going to figure that out. But <clears throat> in the meantime, I just still cannot imagine why they wouldn't want a baseball team there. Right. Now, if you tell me I don't want the A's, then, okay, I kind of would understand that. <laughs> in in terms as, of the A's, yeah, but just a Major League Baseball team. Yeah, I mean, that's they're going to Cleveland it up. They're going to Bears it up. Uh-huh. You know, if they, when they get, they get the A's over there, they haven't been relevant in years. Uh, uh-huh. And so I, I can see them doing that. But from the, any other standpoint, it just kind of blows my mind. <clears throat> I wanted to get this story because I just thought it was fun. So... One great thing about golf is if you're really good at it, I don't care who you are, you have a chance because it has a way to earn yourself into having an opportunity to make money with it and so forth. Well, there was a nightclub bouncer out in Jersey, and this 
When I say nightclub bouncer in Jersey, you immediately have a picture in your mind, don't you? Yeah, he's got a very big chest. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> looks like arm- Big Dom from the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> that they, right? his, his arms are crossed. Yeah, well, this guy looks nothing like that. He oh. looks more like Cam Smith, as a matter of fact. Oh, man. But he, he, was, a, a <laughs> night, he was a nightclub bouncer. And he decided that he, you know, he's a golfer and he was a really good golfer. His name is Jake Knapp. So he thought, you know what? I'm going to put a little time into this. Well, Jake Knapp, the New Jersey bouncer, won the Mexico Open over the weekend. How about that? Yep. And so what did he do to celebrate? (laughs) He went full on Adam Sandler. He grabbed an NHL jersey, put it on, and then shotgunned a beer. <laughs> that is as good as it gets for a first-time celebration. Now I'm curious to see his driving form. Is he getting like a running start like, like Happy Gilmore? Or? I saw a, a, a video twice this weekend from, uh, I can't remember if it was TikTok or, or X, but it was a dude proving you can do that. And, I mean, really? he he flew up to the ball. He hit it a million miles and then immediately went down and did a set of splits. It was impressive as hell. We, 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 we've all tried it, right, at some point? After, no, I after, haven't tried it because uh, I, just, I, just I stink. A, just get a couple of uh, Chardonnays and you on the course, and yeah, we can get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this guy, you know, the nightclub bouncer, he was actually trying to be a golfer first. And he said he missed the cut at Q School okay. and he needed some more money. So he started working as a bouncer and kept working at his game. But then he finished two shots ahead of the runner up. He had a 19 under. So watch for Jake Knapp and then uh, watch for the celebration as he dons the NHL jersey. And then he he shot against the beer. You gotta like that. That, that, that helps a little bit that he had a, a history within the sport oh, beforehand, yeah. or, or yeah, else yeah. I would have just been even more angry. At, at any rate, I'm just happy to see it. I just think that's Fun. fantastic. Eight twenty eight on the Blitz eleven seventy. I'm Rick Corey. He is Bryce Hall. All right. When we come back, I want to get you the uh, AP Top twenty five by conference. Something we said last week has happened, and I will get into that next right here on the Blitz eleven seventy. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Oklahoma State Athletic Director Chad Weiberg has been appointed to the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Committee. It will be for a five-year term, effective September 1st. Oklahoma State Baseball will conclude their road trip tonight as they will be at 18th-ranked Dallas Baptist for a midweek tilt. Dallas Baptist is 7-0 on the season. First pitch is at 6.30. And Oklahoma State Softball will host a doubleheader against South Dakota State for their home opener. First pitch for Game 1 is at 4 p.m. with Game 2 starting around 6.30. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line always open for your uh, comments, questions, emotional outbursts, you name it. Bryce Olson in the next room. I am Rick Corey. Remember, we've got Dan Patrick coming up at 9 o'clock. Rich Eisen 
comes up after that. And then the show with Pop and Colby from 3 to 6 this afternoon. I, I wanted to say I did see this this morning. The superintendent, Kurt Hartzler, is going to retire over at Union. Known him a long, long time. Of course, he's been there forever. I mean, people don't realize Kurt started as a coach and a teacher and just kind of worked his way up. And he's been there just for a long, long time. He's going to retire. He'll be retiring June 30th, I believe it is. Someone asked him, hey, um, you looking at politics? And he said, you know, not right now, but he does plan on doing some other things, just kind of seeing what happens next, if you will. So he's going to move on from being the superintendent at Union. All right, I I mentioned uh, before we took our break that I was going to talk about the uh, conference, uh, the top 25s. If you remember last week, Bryce and I had the discussion of who's better, SEC or Big 12 in basketball. And that almost sounds sacrilegious to say, because the Big 12 has been the best conference in basketball in the last couple of years. Well, I said, you know, I'm not sure the SEC hasn't moved past a little bit in some instances. Bryce's argument was at the top of the conference, both of them are fairly even, but the middle of the conference falls to the Big 12. Well, in the latest college basketball rankings, there are now six SEC teams and four Big 12. Not that those rankings alone are the things that make a difference, but in the SEC, you've got Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Florida all ranked. And the Big 12, of course, you have number one, Houston. You have number seven, Kansas. Then you have Iowa State and Baylor who are right into or right outside the top ten. So those four teams, you put them in the SEC right now, and they're as good as anybody or better than anybody else over there. Yeah, I'm wondering, though, if the SEC has caught the Big 12 here. I think that uh, again, for for me, it just comes to the comparison of of how good your top half is w- w- with your bottom half. Uh, you know, the SEC they have more ranked teams. Yes, um, both team. I think both conferences are sitting at fourteen teams now, right now at this moment. Yeah, you, uh, I'd have to go back and look right now because yeah, yeah, <laughs> OU and because te- OU and Texas. So it yeah, or next be, year that'd be sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so with both teams at fourteen right now. What gets me is just looking at from top to bottom. I, I put more stock into the Big Twelve with way that uh, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, because those are the two outliers in the Big mm. Twelve conference. The way that they've been performing throughout the season, the way they've been able to trip up certain teams and actually be competitive for the most part, as opposed to what the bottom four looks like in the SEC. Which is Vandy. Van- Vandy and Missouri, which are awful. Oh, they're terrible, yeah. And then Georgia and Arkansas, who have had their moments recently, but aren't very good. But, aren't very good. but should be. Uh, I think we all believe that. But, I mean, you know, you look at Houston, and Houston is right now number one, and it looks like they're probably better than everybody, but they've had their slip-ups too. Who in the, big, who in the SEC do you think is an, uh, the closest to an even match with Houston? A Tennessee. And I know that seems like a, a obvious answer, but Tennessee has been able to answer the call against j- just about everybody. Auburn, I think, has a chance to do it too. They they have had good and bad moments, I understand. When I watch them play well, I think they're really complete. Now, they haven't done it all the time. They haven't done it as often as Tennessee. South Carolina is way better than people think. In my, so it's certainly a fast rise. Yeah, in my opinion, way uh, better than people think. Now, I think, you know, we had the numbers yesterday, uh, some of those Ken Palm numbers that Baylor is way better at than people realize. So mm-hmm. I think they're more dangerous to maybe than anybody thinks. And then the mm-hmm. Iowa, and then Iowa State has been overall the top team in the Big 12 when it comes to many of those Ken Palm ratings all year. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I do still believe those four probably better if you were to take, let's, let's just take Houston, Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, and you go to Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky. I think those big 12 teams are better. Yeah, because especially even when you look at South Carolina, I, I like South Carolina, but I feel like they have um, had kind of beefed up their record a little bit in the non-con and then just was able to get into the SEC uh, where they were beating up on teams that they should by that standard mm-hmm. but haven't really gotten over the hump besides beating Kentucky, but a lot of teams have upset Kentucky at home mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So I, I take I put more stock into the Big 12 from that standpoint. I just watched Baylor again last night with against TCU, and it's it's just incredible to me how good of a coach Scott Drew, Scott is, Drew is. Yeah, because I think he has been on the same uh, template that OSU fans would want Mike Boynton to be on. Because when you look at both of their trajectories, mm-hmm. it was about year seven before Scott Drew finally started turning that ship around. Yep. And it came after, I mean, think about the situation that he took over there with, you know, the murder and the mm-hmm. him get slapped with the NCAA violations that they had. Uh, with the overall pal and the whole school because of what had happened with football. I mean, that was not a good time in Waco. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, to say the least. And and so he, to see what he has done from that year seven point on uh, is just, just incredible because they are just so... Uh, inevitable in a way with their guard with with, with the, I know they use, use that word a lot but with their guard play mm-hmm. their guard play always finds a way to keep them in games yeah and when you know the, the the conference that still always surprises me is I shake my head there's only two ranked Big Ten teams now one of them is Purdue and they're really good the other is Illinois but that I mean that really should be a better basketball conference in my opinion yeah I think so too and especially with how much they really care about basketball mm-hmm. oh, in these conferences yeah. Yeah. I mean you look at Wisconsin and uh, Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan, they, they, they show out for their teams mm-hmm. and make pretty hefty environments. So you'd think that they would be able to um, be a little more competitive overall. Speaking of Purdue, uh, there was news yesterday that Zach Eady will not try to play his COVID year. He will have a COVID year if he wanted next year, but it looks as though he's going to say no and he's just going to go into the NBA. He's at 23-7 a game, 11.8 rebounds right now. He will be the first player to win National Player of the Year honors if he does in back-to-back seasons since. Any guesses? Mm, uh, oh, goodness. I'm just – Tyler Hansbro. I don't know. Ralph Sampson. Goodness. It's been that long. Wow. It'll be that long. And, you know, okay, you could look around and say that, you know, well, who else would you put in there? Dickinson, but he hasn't played probably yeah. consistently as well. Who else would you put in the category? For player of the year, yep. um, goodness, I mean, <laughs> this just makes me think even more of uh, how right we are about Caitlin Clark just being the face of college basketball right now. <laughs> See, because it, it's tough. It, um, it, now, and um, look, there's nothing wrong with that either. Because no, I mean, not. just because it's Caitlin Clark, there's nothing wrong with her being the face of college basketball. She's also very incredible. It's not like, yes. oh, well, I guess mm. she has to be the face. Yeah, she's right. incredible. Yeah. It's she not, yeah, it's not. Well, all right. I can't buy the burger at Wendy's because they're yeah. expensive at lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, be, just because we can't find somebody in the men's, then it's Caitlin Clark. She's she's 
earned her flowers at that point. You know? But it, it is a time of the year in college basketball when we probably should or would normally know five, six, eight, ten names. Now, if you're a fan of a team, you know them, and I get that, and you're probably, you know the people you don't like. <laughs> yeah. But to that point, when Hansborough was there, I mean, Baycott doesn't get talked about. Armando Baycott's as good a player as there is in basketball right now at the post. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know, I understand Edie is a monster, but... I mean, he never get, he doesn't get talked about. He's kind of under the radar. Yeah. You know, Zion got talked about constantly. Well, and, that, and that's what happens when your biggest players in college basketball and your veteran players are all bigs. You know, they're they're veteran players who have earned COVID years and they're at very well known schools, mm-hmm. but they don't provide a lot of flash. Whereas you know, Zion took the world by storm because, like I said, he was yeah. an NFL defensive end who could right. leap out who could leap out of the gym and do yeah. a reverse windmill. You know, it's just crazy. Well, and and Edie gets some attention too, just from his size. What was interesting is when uh, when I saw the news yesterday, it was starting being posted on X, and the first reply on X when it said that was, "He won't even be drafted, Edie. He doesn't have an NFL game or an NBA game." Yeah. Okay. That's a little bit dramatic. <laughs> it's I, less than dramatic. It's just stupid. Yeah. I, I I understand the the NBA game in terms of what we're looking at with bigs is changing here and there, but he can he can provide something. In yeah. The oh yeah. He He's, he can do things. He, yes. he, he reminds me a lot of Yao Ming in that he is uh, pretty coordinated and has pretty good stamina despite his size. You know, I think that's one of the things that I loved about Yao Ming growing up, and I think we really underappreciate is to be. Seven five, seven six, and actually get significant minutes and be able to run the floor and actually kind of stretch the floor here. You know, he wasn't shooting three pointers or anything like that, but being able to stretch the floor a little bit at his size. Whereas normally, when you see guys like that, it, it's it's has its upside, but you really have to um, uh, think about how you use those minutes because they can mm-hmm. run out of gas so easily. It's also why I'm impressed with Wimanyana. Because his ability to move the ball, run the ball, or, you know, bring the ball up the court, and he can shoot the three, and mm-hmm. you know, and watch him do those things, and he's not quite the same size, but he's pretty doggone mm-hmm. big. I mean, he's he's a Kevin Durant uh, build, but four inches taller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what's really crazy about. And if you don't remember how big Yao Ming was, just so, um, I saw a picture of him standing with Shaq, and he makes Shaq look pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Yao Ming mm-hmm. was huge. All right, so speaking of college basketball, bracketology out the latest, uh, and this one came out yesterday from um, who else but Joe Lenardi. Right now, his number ones are Purdue, Arizona, UConn, and Houston. No trouble with any of that. Mm-hmm. Although Houston's currently number one in the ranking in both the polls, Lenardi has them as the third seed. He has Purdue, UConn, Houston, and then Arizona. Two Most seeds Purdue. right now, Marquette, Kansas, Carolina, and Tennessee. Again, no arguments. Three seeds, Alabama, Duke, Iowa State, Creighton. I might have a problem with Duke in that three, personally. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't know that they played that well, and they've certainly not been consistent. And if you don't know enough about Alabama, watch, because they are yeah. pretty doggone good. And then at four, he's got Baylor, San Diego State, Auburn, and Illinois. See, I, don't want, I would want Baylor in that three seed. Personally, you think so? Yeah, I think so too. I, I would switch them and Duke. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm not even sure Duke des- deserves a four. I think they get a lot of credit just for being Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it comes to bubble teams, last four buys right now: Texas, Wake Forest, Nevada, and New Mexico. His last four in: Seton Hall, Virginia, Providence, and Gonzaga. His first four out: A and M, who had themselves an opportunity and just oh, just yeah. sat down and stopped being interested. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. If Buzz is, I don't know. Anyway, Villanova, Utah, and Colorado. 
Uh, how about that? Utah and Colorado, first four out, coming into the Big 12. Big 12 represent. Yes, sir. And then the next four out, Butler, Ole Miss, Kansas State, and Iowa. So K-State is somebody we didn't mention when we talked about Big 12 teams. We did a little bit yesterday because yeah. they've been so wildly all over the place, but certainly not as good as they have been lately. But that's Joe Lenardi's latest, and that gets updated multiple times during and, and, the day. And poor Cincinnati, not mentioned anymore. You know, they were on that last mm-hmm. four in, next four out, that sort of situation, and yep. falling off. Yep, yep, yep. I saw this, and I thought this was fun, too. We It's, it's a great time in college basketball. We're getting close to tournament time. All that's fine. Let's talk about some of the best names in college basketball. Found him. Okay. <laughs> At least I, I, I think. So we'll get your opinion. From the Rhode Island Rams, always right. I, I, how do you top that at all? I mean, yeah, we, we still have, we have a list of this. We Come do. I, I have a few. Always right and right, of course, is W R I G H D. He's a sophomore, six three, one hundred seventy five pounds from Carthage, Missouri. From Georgetown, Supreme Cook. <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> yep. A 6'9", 229-pounder from East Orange, New Jersey. Mm. From Tennessee, or pardon me, from Utah Tech, Tennessee Rainwater. That's a country song. Yeah, come on now. That's a country song. He's a, he's a big old freshman from Iowa. He doesn't look like a country song, but that's a country song waiting to happen. Parents gave him a stage name. Yeah, what do I? What do you make your whiskey from? Tennessee rainwater. Tennessee rainwater. Yeah, why? I didn't see it. And maybe my favorite of all from Cincinnati, Jizzle James. Oh yeah, he was giving OSU fits for a while. Mm-hmm. And there are so. I mean, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sizzle from Jizzle, or <laughs> I mean, come on, how could you not want to do that, right? I, I was hoping that wasn't maybe the birth name, and that was one of those where it's like he started uh, getting that, getting called that when he was growing up a lot, and just went with it. But <laughs> I mean, hey, if it's on the birth certificate, more power to you. I don't know if it is or not. I just know I thought it was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's eight forty six on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. If you've got another one you've heard of, you can let us know at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two or turn the treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. All right. Uh, I've got a question when we come back about Chet Holmgren to see if you knew this. Um, I'm going to check in on the longest streaks right now in college softball. We know Oklahoma is first. Do you know who second is? Uh, I also have a list of college football's Power 5 team win counts since 2010 that might surprise you. A couple of those notes as we come back and finish it up on a Tuesday here on The Blitz. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. In Big 12 basketball last night, West Virginia raced a 25-point road deficit in Manhattan to force overtime, but it wasn't enough to beat Kansas State as the Wildcats win 94-90. 15th-ranked Baylor bounced back from their loss against Houston with a 62-54 road victory at TCU. And tonight in the Big 12, it's Cincinnati at top-ranked Houston at 6 o'clock, BYU at 7th-ranked KU at 7, and Texas at Texas Tech at 8 o'clock. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Hulse on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. 
It is 8.51, and this is the Blitz 1170. That's Bryce Sauls in the next room. I'm Rick Corey over here, and we are finishing up on a Tuesday. As I mentioned, Dan Patrick comes up at 9, followed by Rich Eisen and, the sh- Eisen, and then the show with Pop and Colby at 3 this afternoon. All right, I mentioned the Thunder have the Rockets tonight at 9. Of course, Oklahoma City is tearing it up out in the West. Chet Holmgren, who had, what was it, 29 last night? 29, yep. yeah. Yeah, 29 last night. He is right now the first rookie in NBA history to total 150 blocks and 100 threes in a season. Hmm. He's gotten uh, the three-pointers down, as most most of us expected, but in terms of being able to be a defensive presence, mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't giving him that. They weren't, the and you know, you wondered about his frame and how he would handle that, and you, if you listen to any of Mark Dagnall and Chet from earlier in the season, they talked a lot about that. And then lately, and I, I, I'm listening to their post games quite a bit, and lately you heard them talk a lot about their being keyed defensively in games where they were struggling on offense, everybody except Shea because he didn't struggle very often. But they had keyed everything by defensively tightening things up, and it had been Chet protecting the rim, protecting the rim, who had been a really big part of that. So, I mean, yeah, you can make a lot of numbers, say a lot of things, but that's pretty impressive for a young guy who I understand he was hurt last year. He got a year bigger and stronger. He had an opportunity to be in the weight room, work out, Mm -hmm. rehab the injury at the same time that he got bigger and stronger rather than being tossed out there that first year. Maybe that in the long run helped. Yeah, I think so. Um, And being able to uh, get prepared a little bit for – some of the physical battles the that you rigors. have to, yeah, that you have to have in the league. Yep, and you know those are going to continue. By the way, speaking of the NBA, you ever notice you don't see any court storming there? No, you don't. Do you know why? Uh, because it's strictly for college students. I don't know. I'm just say no. If you step on an NBA court, they will handcuff you and take you to jail. I guess, so, I guess it's pretty evident. <laughs> so exactly what Billis said and what we played earlier about you want to stop it, let them storm it, detain them, and then either arrest them or fine them right then. Mm-hmm. And the NBA is serious about it. Now, it's oh, yeah. the NBA. There's a lot of money there, and they can hire more security. I get that. Mm-hmm. But speaking of the NBA, you'll ever notice that's it. It's absolutely mm-hmm. the case. Yeah, probably, And probably take it more seriously whenever you have the LeBrons and KDs of the yeah, world yeah. on the court. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I mentioned active win streaks in softball. Everybody knows Oklahoma's, I say everybody, is 67. They haven't lost in over a year. We get that. You happen to know who number two is? University of Texas. Alabama. Alabama. Take a guess on how many win uh, in a row. Uh, 12 in a row. 16. <laughs> You know, and that's a really respectable win streak. Yeah, which makes this sixty-seven stupid. It's so good. <laughs> how, how, how in the world are you doing this? Uh, Cal and Duke and LSU are tied for third. They've all won thirteen in a row. How about Cal? Yeah, how about that? Uh, North Carolina State is number is at eleven, so they're number six. Howard University, okay, has won ten in a row. Arizona, Baylor, Florida, Georgia Tech, Oklahoma State, and Texas State have all won seven in a row. And hopefully can make that nine tonight with that doubleheader. I just, you know, I I realize we all know what Oklahoma's win streak is. However, it's still just so damn impressive to me when you hear how far ahead they are of everybody else. How did Baylor beat Jordy Ball and that team? (laughs) I mean, I I get that. Because everybody has their day, right? Yeah. 
Everybody has their day. I, I found a list, too, of Power 5 teams and their win counts since 2010, which I thought personally was interesting. It's not a surprise that Alabama's number one, and mm-hmm. they're really a far and away number one. But if you're going to guess number two, who would you guess? Uh, Clemson? Close. Ohio State okay. by one at 157. Clemson then at 156. Mm-hmm. Then Georgia at 150. Then? Utah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, duh. At 145. Followed yeah. by Oregon, LSU, and... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Man. So both teams, yeah, both teams in the top eight, 130 wins. Wisconsin at 129, Michigan with 127 tops out the the top 10. You know Oklahoma's going to be in there. I'm not surprised. I I guessed without even when someone tossed this at me, I, I, I guessed Ohio State second. They're one of those teams, though. They win a lot of those games and never win anything important. <laughs> I mean, they haven't since yeah. Maurice Claret, right? Mm-hmm. Won anything important where, where the Clemsons, the Georgias, the, you know, the Alabamas, they go win titles. Uh, so I was, I was fascinated by this somewhat. The team with the least wins in Power 5 since 2010? Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at 38. Bouncing back, certainly, mm-hmm. but at 38. Right above them? Colorado, it's how bad it's been for them. Yeah. Vanderbilt, Indiana, wow. Purdue, Illinois, Rutgers, Virginia, Oregon State, poor guys. Mm-hmm. Cal, Maryland, Stanford, Iowa State, Boston College, we're going up now backwards. Arizona, Wake Forest, and Arkansas at 81. Yeesh. The, the Big Ten is terrible. Yeah, it football. is, and we I think, I think okay, it, but they we only have two ranked basketball teams too. They're not really yeah, good there. Yeah, but we don't we don't talk enough about the Big Ten West in in football. I There's no like. reason. Yeah, no, no, but I, <laughs> no, I'm saying in terms we don't talk about how much they really drag the Big Ten conference down. We we look at Big Twelve or excuse me, Big Ten football as being so prominent because of those because Ohio, of two teams. Yeah, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan holds so much weight, and it's like, man, it, they get looked at. Uh, or excuse me, the Big 12 football gets looked at the way the Big 10 really should be looked at in terms of having so much of this bottom half that just doesn't carry any weight at all. Isn't that the case for almost everybody? I mean, if you look at the SEC, you could point at Alabama and Georgia and say they are consistently better than everybody else, and everybody else out there, Tennessee, Florida when they have the chance, LSU, Ole Miss, can be pretty good. Do you worry about them? Um, maybe, maybe not, maybe not, uh, in the grand scheme of things, but in terms of that list, Vanderbilt is the only one that's popping out in terms of being terrible on that list. Even in the big 12, you, you heard Kansas. It's not like you're hearing, you know, Baylor and TCU pop up on that, on that list of teams that mm-hmm. have been very terrible. Whereas you rattled off Illinois, Indiana, uh, um, the Maryland, spoiler, the Maryland. spoiler makers of Purdue. You know, yeah. so Maryland got Purdue. better this year. Purdue, I mean, Purdue can will always spoil somebody, you know. And, and poor Iowa, they can play defense, but mm. <laughs> not much else. But I, I, I don't know that every conference isn't really top heavy, and then everybody else is okay. Now, I will say that the OKs in the Big Twelve and the say the SEC are probably better than the Big Twelves in the Big Ten. Yeah. But I mean, again, look at their basketball team. Why isn't Ohio State better? They were powers for years. Why isn't Michigan better? You know, there's so many teams over there that fire their coach. Why isn't Indiana better? After all the yeah. years that they, why isn't Maryland better? You know, Lefty Drizel 
by the way, died a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lefty kind of started that whole thing. And then, Gary, what's his name? And why aren't they better? Penn State's never been a huge basketball yeah. powerhouse. But, hell, they can't even become a football powerhouse again right mm-hmm. now. All these things and more. There's one thing I didn't get to I have to get to. Have you seen ice football? Football. Ice football. I have not heard of it. We have got to talk about this tomorrow. (laughs) Something to look forward to here on the Blitz 1170. That's going to do it for us on a Tuesday. Again, Dan Patrick is next, followed by Rich Eisen, and then the show with Pop and Colby. you got to be tuned in. You just never know what's going to happen right there. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. Until then, 86 degrees today with about 85 mile an hour winds. So be careful. From the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, that's going to do it for the Morning Blitz. We will see you back here tomorrow on Hump Day.